Hi, my name is Alan. I am the producer of the Courage to Lead interview series. I grew up in Australia, but my ancestors were first fleeters. I've learnt that this land is and always will be land cared for by the oldest Indigenous culture in the world, and that that land is and always will be Aboriginal land. Their culture is all about storytelling. So today I acknowledge the Darak people where this podcast is recorded and we extend our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And I truly hope you enjoy today's story, which is someone's individual journey on how they traverse the challenges and the joys of becoming a leader. In this podcast interview, I welcome Michelle Boundy, the leader of the She Inspires Me movement, to discuss her experiences in leadership and her personal journey. Michelle shares her first true experience of leadership, leading a major wellbeing reform in state government back in the early 2000s. She also opens up about her involvement in, in the Salvation Army, her passion for serving others, and her son's recovery from a, a brain injury after a king hit. Michelle ref reflects on her modelling career, both as a teenager and now as a 52-year-old, and her decision to walk away from her job in government and her inspiration for starting the She Inspires Me movement. She also discusses her platforms and initiatives, including a podcast called She Has the Courage to Lead and her mentorship program called Empower Me. Michelle emphasises the importance of self-care, surrounding oneself with supportive people and pursuing one's passion without letting age or societal, societal expectations hold you back. Welcome to the next guest on the Courage to Lead interview series, someone very special who I've only really just got to know over the last month, um, a lady called Michelle Boundy, who is the leader of what you would call a national movement uh, called She Inspires Me, which recognises the contribution of women make to our society in Australia today. And another part of that movement is Tell Your Story, which recognises um, the challenges that happen to women in our society today to achieve what they needed to achieve. So welcome to the show, Michelle Boundy. Yeah, thank you so much, Alan, for having me. It's, it's an incredible honour and a privilege to, to, to be on the, an incredible podcast series. So well well done for what you're doing. <laughs> no, that's lovely to lovely to have you on. So I think we'll just get straight into it, uh, Michelle. Any, if you've done a bit of homework on, on what, this, what this show does, um, every guest gets asked the same two questions, um, just to kind of get uh, okay. get a bit of an insight into who you are. Um, so let's go. The first question is, what was your first ever true experience of leadership? And it can be as a five-year-old, or it can be yesterday, or it can even be this morning. Wow. Yeah, look, I think I've had a couple. I think one of the biggest things I, I, I'm proud of is actually leading a major wellbeing reform back in um, in state government. Uh, back in those days, you know, we had work health and safety, which was all around, as you know, Alan, trips, slips and falls. <laughs> there was no such thing as wellbeing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I um, had historically always worked on the, on the field. Uh, you know, child protection hadn't kind of worked in an office before. Um, and just you know, because I've been a personal trainer and, and um, 
had a highly successful career in that in the um, in the fitness industry. So I was really really passionate about uh, you know fitness. I've always found that's been a really good way for me to be able to you know. Uh, not that I get stressed, but but just there's nothing better than going for a run and just clearing your mind and listening to some music and watching the ocean go by. For me, it's that's how I kind of manage my my crazy world. But um, when I was actually working in the office, I was really concerned about how other people were managing their stress, whether that was you know um, eating, whether that was drinking, whether that was over the counter prescriptions, whether that was I. I think the things that I've felt at the time were quite negative um, behaviours. So, yeah, look, I started a couple of health and wellbeing initiatives. One of them was Wellness Wednesday, Fresh Fruit Friday, just these little catchy things that ended up uh, within three months. I ended up winning multiple awards, um, regional, state, uh, work cover awards, um, yeah, and, and, you know, awards within the um, government sector. And it was rolled out within three months. So then I actually went around all the other regional offices talking about wellbeing and the importance of wellbeing. And that kind of then made me a bit of a subject matter expert on workplace wellbeing and culture, which then led to me becoming a guest speaker at multiple events. I'm really, really, really proud of, of, of what I uh, achieved uh, with that and seeing the outcomes that, you know, it had really had an impact on thousands and thousands of workers across New South Wales. So to be able to be a part of something that had never been done before. And if look, if I had a dollar for every time someone kind of said to me, look, you're crazy, um, and I actually, um, I was talking about this the other day, I was actually threatened with disciplinary action for, for doing it um, to the point where, yeah, my computer was stripped and everything on my desk and basically told that's not your job, you're a caseworker. Yeah. Um and I remember going home just being absolutely devastated. We had a we had a thing in back in state government that um, it was called SEAC. And what that, what that basically meant was anyone that come up with kind of like a new idea could come to this SEAC. So you had all the big wigs that, <laughs> that sat at this table, about 10 people, and kind of come up with a new idea. So normally you would go in and you would talk about participants or how we could save money. Um and I, I presented about wellbeing. Well, I got to, it was 10 slides. I got up to slide one and was basically asked to leave. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Good on so you. I, Good on you. Uh, what, let's, um, I'll just, can you just tell us, uh, we've had a lot of, num- we've had a lot of wellbeing, probably the show is really about, uh, the Courage to Lead interview series is about identifying leaders who who empower mm. others to create a supportive mm. and inclusive workplace so that mm. they can thrive. So that's essentially well-being. Mm. Um, mm. So what's the date when you did this? What 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 time period are we talking about in state government? Well, gosh, I mean uh, that you know, unfortunately, that doesn't exist anymore because we all transitioned over to the Commonwealth government. But um, <clears throat> that would have been, I think, I think. 2000, between 2009 and 2011, I think I won eight eight state regional national awards. (laughs) You are a try. I mean, back then, um, because it really, the wellbeing movement really taken off, probably started to take off around 2011. So, and it still, still really hasn't happened to the level we need it to. So, and what, what I've, uh, I was only uh, thinking about it the other day. the courage mm. to lead 
um, mm. could have an extra have a have an extra word on the end of it because what you just said um, it had never been done before. You had all these people saying threaten you with a sack, threaten you with disciplinary action. Um, uh, I think um, the courage to lead ha could have the word change at the end of it. The courage to yeah. lead change, yeah, because that's and, what you're doing, yeah. And I, th and I think the most and I think the most awkward thing was having a conversation with the the old uh, not the new one because she was beautiful but the old regional uh, manager because the minister had to bring up you know Michelle's just won this big award and, and, I, and I didn't know all I knew was that I had to go down to this big fancy office in Clarence Street but but work cover didn't know what to do with it you know we've got this girl who's done incredible things and in, 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 but they but there was no category. No. So that so that actually started a reform in itself yeah. to to make well being. So then it was like work health safety and well being. But uh, so who would ever think that Wellness Wednesday had has now become a reform across multiple different you know different sectors? But but just to be you know brave enough. I mean, I had everything going against me. But there's no way in hell that I, I was ever going <laughs> to going to give up. And look, you know, and at times it's cost me. Yeah. Um, but look well, at the fact you. that the, the fact that the union loved it too probably helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, hats, hats, hats off to you, Michelle. That's um, and that's a really good example of your first answer on this show is is says why you're on the show. So well, well done to you. The second, and and we'll no doubt explore the because this interview is all about you. But so let's go into the second question that every guest gets. Um, what's okay. something about Michelle Boundy? that no one knows? Oh, goodness. Yeah, this is probably good timing. I, I, I think um, it, it's funny because I, I talked about this last Friday at, at, at an interview with someone. I think sometimes, you know, it's people's perceptions that I think I get upset that, I, that I'm misread. I guess about me that we have perceptions that um, people are strong and they're confident and they're all together and life is great. And Alan, you and I have kind of talked about this in "She's Got the Courage to Lead," but um, I think that the biggest thing I miss is, is uh, you know, that's that that ability to bounce off someone. So I, I, I guess. Oh, this isn't making much sense, is it? I'm in your hands. We're in uh, people. I can guarantee you, people are listening. So keep keep going. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I, look. I, I just kind of think. Okay, I'll just put it out there. I, I just think that I've come across so many people that wish inspires me that I think have the most incredible lives. They're successful. They're driving beautiful cars. They're making a load, hell of a load of money. They've got beautiful family. Look, you know, kids at private school, their life looks really perfect, but it really isn't, and they're incredibly lonely. They're incredibly lonely people. And, and I did a highly successful project with Stay Kind, right, called the 50 Walks Project, and it was all about walking with strangers. And I asked them three simple questions. Who are you? You know, what, who are you? What do you do? And how did you go through COVID? You know, those stories were absolutely heartbroken. And you know why that project was so highly successful? Because people wanted to feel connected. They wanted a sense of belonging. And they wanted to feel like they had something to contribute, that they could add value. 
Beautiful. So look, I hope that makes sense. But I um I think it's about you know you can have twenty seven thousand people in your life that you can ring up and have a quick conversation with. But for me, it's having someone I can just bounce off and go. I'm struggling. I don't get this. Or it's like you and I are trying to do podcasts. Like that just sent me in a spin. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, I got it right. Uh, yeah, you did. You did. Well done, dude. But you didn't give up. Yeah, but you it's a, just yeah. With a, it's the same example with a with a bit of support. If you're doing it tough, you you reach out to the people that can support you, and eventually you get through. And um, and it's pretty good. Yeah. I like um I like where you went with with that answer because one of the guests on the show. We had a while back was a bloke called a man called um, Nick Johnson from um, from Asia, um, a high-powered oh, wow. uh, international executive that actually ended up writing a book called Executive Loneliness. Yeah, yeah so and it, so it, it's, it's it's a real thing. And it is very lonely at the top, Alan. <laughs> it's a very um, so. I, 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 I love uh, I love and one of the things that I um, I think he said it. Um, or I've heard other people say it, uh, and it's a really good opportune time for now that you've raised the issue of um, who do you, who you need someone to go to. Um, it's probably a good chance for the listeners to, uh, and, and I, I do this in some of the workshops I do, is um, can you name now three people that you would go to when you really needed help on your worst day? Well, I've had lots of those worst days this year, you know, because yeah. it's a lot, a lot's happened. But I think there's three, three people that have literally changed my life and really shown me um, a, a different, a different. Okay, oh, I'll just put it out there. Look, I think, I think we can lose faith in our community. We can lose faith in our family. We can lose faith in our workplaces. Whatever. And sometimes you just feel like you're in the middle of the ocean going, where am I going? What am I doing? And sometimes who cares? Like I think, and I'm not, I'm not talking about, I guess, me personally, but, you know, through all the community projects and stuff I've done, I, I hear all these stories all the time, especially with Shane Spires Me, it's a, it's a big one. And, and, and I've been really lucky that there's been three people this year that have just been there at the right time believe it or not I have listened to and I think probably because a lot of people maybe were probably trying to tell me the same thing and I just didn't want I, maybe I just wasn't open to it at the time but they're people that serve they're people that have been very very high up and they're people that serve and I could see that they lived and breathed the same values as me um, their heart was in the right spot and, and I could see that they wanted to help. I, I, I don't know whether that makes any sense, but these these people gain changes for, for, for me. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I think it does make sense. So you don't have to nominate them. I was worried you're going to, I mean, it's up to you whether you do, but nominate who, who they actually were. But, but I just ask, um, it's a really good example that everyone thinks about, well, who's, who's three people that you go to? If you really needed help on your worst day, so mm. so the this interview is now all about you. So um, like the Michelle Bounty we are seeing in front of us today, the 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 leader of she, she inspires me, the leader of tell you tell your story, the co-host of um, she has the courage to lead 
podcast series. Um, mm. Pretty, pretty, and you've, I think I just saw you just got um, sponsored by Nike last week as well. Um, <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to you on that. Uh, and you yeah, have a lot you. of things in the fire at the moment around um, empowering women. You have these mm. other programs. You've just left left your pretty high-profile government job to mm. just lead, lead this um, this project that you're on. Mm. So let's rewind. How does Crazy, Mich- isn't it? <laughs> how, how does Michelle Boundy get made? Uh, and what's your story? What what what? Um, and you can take me take us back to kindergarten, or you you can start your story wherever you want to start. And just you're we're in your court. And if um if you gloss over something that I think everyone will be interested in, I'll 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 ask you a question, a couple of questions about it. So off you go. Yeah, God love you. Thank you. Well, uh, look, I think um, I, I'm really passionate about serving others. Um, you know, I, I have been serving others all my life in, in 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 different kind of ways, whether that's through, you know, the Salvation Army. Um, I was a soldier with the Salvation Army for many, many years. I did uh, street work in, in Sydney, getting, getting prostitutes um, off the streets and and others in a drug and you know rehab programs. At the time, we were getting a lot of prostitutes that were getting bashed and and you know raped and and not nice kind of things happening to them. And uh, to caravan projects where we had trying to get people out of caravans, living in parks and stuff. So I, I mean, there's I, I kind of think that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's those ones that want to serve, and there's ones that want to be served. I've um, I'm a person that wants to serve and give to others. So. Um, so, yeah, the Salvation Army was a big part of my life there for a long time. Um, and, and then, you know, I've been lucky to um, to serve others over my role within government. That's something I'm really passionate about. Um, women's ministries, I've got this incredible ability to come up with uh, an idea around a women's ministry or, you know, a boot camp. I was talk, telling this story to someone the other day about um, I – you know, been in the fitness fitness industry for a really long time, and I love training up there at Mary with the bars. And, they, they, and I, 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 you should Google this, Alan, because it's crazy, right? There's the there's all these stairs. I think there's like 180 of them, and we we call it the um the hill of uh, hell because it's um you know most people got to be fairly kind of kind of fit to to train there. So you get all the footballers and all those elite athletes that go there, and um and, and I was there every single day, so just Know, smashing out these stairs and and just got talking to different people and ended up building a women's network, a free boot camp. I never charged anyone. It started with me and a girl at work and ended up in six weeks, 48 women, and it just got so big. Then I was doing it every day of the week. and um, But just really, really passionate about seeing, you know, women's lives enhanced and seeing them empowered to be able to live the lives that they want to live. You know, I had a couple of women who... Um, one lady had lost her husband, another lady husband had left her. Um, one lady had lost her son. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of grief and loss, but also just women that had had some. You know, one lady had twins, and so she wasn't feeling so great about herself, and she'd put on a lot of weight. And but it become like family, and then that actually then grew to other social things, and so. Um, you know, if someone got married or someone was having a birthday, we'd celebrate that. And it was just really lovely, really, really lovely. So that went on for a couple of years. Okay. And then, um, and then of course, the the most probably prominent thing that happened in my life was, yeah, the Stay Kind, partnering with them. 
And that's with, um, oh, no, I can't remember Ralph, the last. Ralph Kelly. Kelly yeah. and, his, yeah, and his whole his family, yes, yes. Um, do you just just explain what that was about? And because, uh, you know, this show goes all over the world, so um, people don't, mm. I know what you're talking about. Because um, we're in Sydney, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, um, so basically, what happened was there's um, there, there was a, a beautiful man called Thomas Kelly, who unfortunately um, went out um, with some friends um, one night at King's Cross, uh, and unfortunately was King hit. Um, and, what's, a, what's, and a, what's, a, what's a King hit? So King so King hit means one one kind of punch to the head. Unfortunately, Thomas has 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 fallen and and, and passed away. Um, and so the family have done phenomenal work um, in raising awareness of this. And um, so they had the Thomas Kelly Foundation. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of years later, their other son uh, passed away, had, had taken his life and passed away. Um, and then that's what become um, the Stay Kind um, Foundation. They've done a phenomenal work over over ten years in in working with communities and and at, at a very high level in government around um, alcohol fueled violence. Yeah. Um. And uh, and I feel very um. Yeah, very yeah, very passionate about. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. No, no, it's a it's a pretty um it's a pretty emotional journey that what happened to the Kelly family. So. Well, so it happened I'll, to my son, Alan. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what happened to my son. He was king hit, um, and he ended up with a quiet brain injury from it. Okay. How's and he doing today? He's he's going okay. He's he's uh, he's doing really well. He's working in the disability uh, sector. We had a couple of rough years with him, but uh, he's found his feet and he's doing really well. But uh, this is the connection that um, you know I'll always have with the the Kelly family and. Um, you know, not not many people. Well, they will now, but um, I, there wouldn't be too many people that would know that story. But um, yeah, I, I I miss that. I miss that charity deeply. It okay. meant a, meant the world to me. Yeah. I think um, I might just explain a little bit more. What, what was the the second son's name in the Kelly family? Yes, Stuart. Stuart. So yeah. from what from what I know, and this is where that probably where the stay kind. Um, title comes from um, coming from my background in the in the New South Wales Police. That at that time you you hit you mentioned it. Alcohol fuel violence was causing um, violence on our streets. Thomas Kelly mm. was uh, <clears throat> an unfortunate and horrible example of what can happen at the at the worst level. He was king hit yeah. in the streets of Kings Cross. As a result of that, some pretty strict. Um, Alcohol, lockout laws, violence. Some um, laws were introduced, including lockout mm. laws. And I think um, Stuart Kelly at the time was a student at one of the local universities, and he got um, bullied. I suppose you would say um, that mm. you know his family had ruined it for everyone else that they couldn't couldn't drink on the streets, and ultimately that led to um, him taking his own life. Uh, so that so that's where. I think mm. the stay kind. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We we have to be kind to each other, not mean to each other. Um, mm. So it's quite you, and you've done exactly what I thought you'd do. You've um, you've jumped, <laughs> you've jumped so much into um, 
probably the things that mean the most to you, but this is your chance to tell your story. So, so I've seen a little bit from some of your posts what your life involved. So let me prompt you if, 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 if you don't mind. I've read in some of your posts uh, that, yes, you um, are a fitness industry guru and, and some of that stuff that you're talking about, the hill of hell with 188 steps. Uh, not, many, not many people could do that. Not many people could do that every day. One of one of the assistant commissioners in the New South Wales Police, and I'll, I'll, I'll name her, uh, Jelena Talbot, is uh, famous for doing the steps at uh, at the rocks in the botanical gardens, um, and used to take people there every day. So she's she's well, she's sounds, a, sounds like yeah. She sounds, sounds like, like a, someone you should meet. Like a, yeah, yeah so I'll be hunting her down, don't yeah, you? She yeah, sounds no, inspiring to me. <laughs> she's a, she's a, a fitness fiend. But what I've also read that you, in a, in the early stages of your life, were a model, uh, uh, mm. a, fashion, a fashion model. So do you just want to take yeah. us back to when that started? That were what that what, 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 <laughs> what that looked like? And I believe, from what I've read, there were some challenges around that and your life took a different direction. So let's just go there. Start if that, Thanks to my mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I ended up um, falling into it purely by accident. It was actually picked up by Coke, Coca-Cola. And I was just at the beach one day and... Um, so yeah, so I I end up doing all these commercials for for Coke, and then that led to Kelvin Klein and and and, and Bonds and um, gosh, you know I, I got because back then I got paid five grand just to walk around the boat show <laughs> and talk and talk to people. It was ridiculous money because it wasn't necessarily just um, modelling; it was promotional work, and 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 apparently. <laughs> because I'm a bit of a hyacinth bouquet, I'm a bit of a social butterfly because I love talking to people and I've got this ability just to walk up to anyone and start a conversation and then, you know, get get to know all about them in, in probably 10 minutes. But um, so I did well. I did really, really well with anything around connecting with, with, with people. So, I, I yeah, I was just like drowning in work and I loved it. And it took me all over the countryside doing incredible things. But my mum struggled with it. And my mum really kind of, because um, my sister is academically brilliant and my sister's going to hate this. But um, so she got, you know, a perfect HSC and got a scholarship, I think, what was it, um, Mallison or Mallison King now. Um, it, it, my mum's really quite old fashioned. So you've got to get a proper job, Alan. Like you've got to be like a teacher mm, or... Yeah. You know, so um, and mum really struggled with, as as mum would say, you know, be walking around with hardly any clothes on, you know, like bikinis or mum. Yeah, mum was with the Salvation Army. Mum was mum's one of several kids, you know. So so it, it was. Um, I used to have terrible fights with, with my mother um, <laughs> about this. My father adored me, and I had my father wrapped around my little finger. And he's a social butterfly too. So he used to come all the time and watch me do fashion projects. He used to model for Country Road and all that kind of stuff. So, and he loved it. He was so proud. Uh, but it actually created a lot of conflict between them as well. Yeah. Um, so, look, it kind of got to the point that I, I end up walking away from it. And, I, and you're right, I put that post up on LinkedIn because, I, I, you know, this year's been a big year, as you know, and I had a bit of a week where I kind of really reflected on my life and thought I, I can't 
I don't want to do this anymore. And and it's funny, my relationship with my sister, because my sister had heard on the grapevine, oh, my God, she's chucked in a job and she's going to go back and be a model again. Oh, my God. So, so then all the phone calls and the texts started. But my sister, um, because, again, very, very academically brilliant, you know, she's with my pal, uh, uh, partner with Alan's now. She loves a job and she's incredible at it. Um, but you know, in life, you've got to use what you've got. Um, and so I was always the, the the pretty little kid, apparently, you know, the sporty one and excelled, excelled in sport like you wouldn't believe. And sometimes you've got to use what you've got to, to get out there and, and, and not necessarily to get noticed, but to, to make something of your life. I never really kind of thought that I was smart or could be a business person or it just wasn't in my mindset and it and it was probably something um, that was really drummed into me really young that I, I wasn't the smart one that's your sister and um, I think I probably grew up with quite a negative view of what mm. I could offer the world yeah. and I, I struggled with that for many years so do you want to tell us so what age did you start modeling and what age did you finish modeling in, in the first, because I believe you're started modelling again now. It's <laughs> funny, that isn't it, 52? <laughs> yeah, look, I got, um, I had this horrific car accident when I was 16 and believe it or not, I was actually doing hairdressing. And and again, it was mum's hairdresser. She was looking for someone to work part-time. So mum said, yes, that, that'd be great for Michelle. And um, so so off I went. But um, I'd had this horrific car. So they offered me an apprenticeship, but I had this horrific car accident. And that actually what started my, my whole modelling career. So I couldn't work for about two years. I could hardly walk. My neck was stuffed. It was like learning to walk again and all that kind of stuff. And so I got sent to a local therapy, a local um, therapy, you know, like physio and stuff, and it was above a brand-new gym. And I couldn't believe it because I've walked in and the guy who was going to be my, you know, therapist to help me do all this physio stuff was a guy who lived around the corner who was a couple of years older than me. He was a real, actually a really lovely man and I knew him well. And he took me down into the gym to get me to do some of these exercises. And I loved it and I could see the changes. And so, like, within 12 months, then I'm competing at a regional, state, national level in figure. Now, we were we were the first girls to ever get through. There was a famous uh, bodybuilder called Monica Haslam. She was stunning, absolutely stunning. She was married to a guy called Paul Haslam, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. I might just um, get you to speak into your mic because it's starting to uh, distort again. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. That's better. Thanks, um, so, so, um, so what ended up happening was I, I started um, yeah, competing in figure. Um, and like I'll say to you, Monica Haslam, she um, – uh, she was a famous bodybuilder. So they come up with this because, you know, a lot of women didn't want to do bodybuilding. So they've introduced this figure. Um, and so she trained me for that. Um, and then that, that that led to a stack of work. Yeah. What kind of work? Um, modelling. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so fitness mode. So I did Reebok and... And, and believe it or not, I cracked up when um, when I got that email from Nike because I, I actually used to do a lot of their work when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be decked out and head to toe in Nike. But, um, 
yeah, incredible brand. It, it must like be. Uh, you must have some stories around around that time. Can you think of one story just through like it sounded like it's a really interesting story as well. Like it started off through hardship. It started off where you couldn't couldn't even work for two years and you couldn't use your your neck. You're at therapy, and then all of a sudden you're a figure a figure champion and getting all these all these <laughs> other other opportunities. So it's kind of um. My story, like my whole story has has been like that though. You know, I'll have moments where I'll have these horrific things happen and then next minute, bang, something. But um, I, I was Miss Play, Alan. I was this gigantic <laughs> strawberry going down, <laughs> going down through the streets of Sydney, the main street of Sydney. You got you, you guys had a really big festival down there. It was a once a year thing. And um, and, and so I, I, it's just crazy. So, uh, and look, I was the most gorgeous strawberry, Alan, you've ever seen in your life. I had this beautiful hat and these red red shoes, Alan, the red shoes, you know, yeah, those yeah, red yeah. shoes will come back to bite you. Um, but this, but this incredible wind come up, and of course, I can't control this strawberry mm-hmm. because it's like full of air and it's full of stuffing. And so here's me all over. <laughs> I must have looked like a drunk strawberry, but um, yeah, the the the, the 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 yeah, that was just incredible time. It, we did this really, really um, uh, incredible charity event for the for the local hospitals, and the theme was the 1920s, and it was believe it or not, for rather uh, law. I think the the law. Um, uh, society or, or they're all barristers and solicitors and stuff, but they'd flown from all over Australia. Apparently they did this event every year and it was all on like fake money. So that might have cost them $2,000 each or whatever to go. And you had like fake money, but the whole theme was like the gangster uh, 1920s. So we were all dressed up and, um, and they gamble on, on different tables and things, but I, I mean, they're incredible days and, and you just, you look back and you think, I've had an incredible life and there's no regrets as as much as there's been times that I just think, oh, my God, you know, you know, we go through circumstances that we didn't ask for, that we didn't want, we don't deserve. But I just, if you can just hang in there and ride the storm, you know, incredible things can happen. And I, if you and I were to meet in the street and have a conversation uh, about this year, I, I would I would have never have seen this coming. Okay. And it's, you know. Well, I, I think um, I kind of get the impression, like you're you're very modest about about some of the, the big ticket stuff in your life. Um, but I really get the impression that... That it come to a uh, a point, a pointy end this year, because you've left your job, mm. uh, you've you've created. She inspires mm. me. You've you've created. Tell your story, and the, she has the courage to lead, and everything else, the, everything else that you've got going on. But you've hinted at it a few times now at this in this interview that something happened this year uh, mm. where uh, where something changed, and and there was a challenge. Do you wanna do you wanna share your story? Look, I just kind of think that um, I don't think my real story is ever going to be able to be told. But, and that's not because I don't want to. I, I just, I, I kind of was angry about that for a while. And now it's like, it doesn't matter. I just think there's things that happen 
that we're not responsible for, that we can't control, that we just end up with. And and for me, it, it was a chain reaction for multiple, multiple things. And I made a decision to walk away from it all. And I, I think, unfortunately, that has possibly hurt, you know, some people that um, I, I love my job. You know, I, I've, I'm a public servant, Alan, of 34 years. I don't know any different. And, uh, you know, I've had so many people reach out since I've left work that are devastated because um, I'm the kindness girl and I'm the wellness girl and I'm the one that supports and encourages everyone. You know, what are we going to do now that you're not at work? And it's like, well, I think sometimes a part of our own kindness and our own well-being is to look after ourselves. And a part of me walking away from everything is about for me to have some quiet time, for me to grieve, for me to be able to be okay about things that have happened and to put myself on a path that I want to be on. And I just, my life now is incredible. It's a, I look, I, I, it's, I, I can, yeah. if I can summarise, you've decided to write your own story. Yeah, because, Alan, you know, look, I'm just going to put this out there, right? Like, it, so I absolutely adore the Alison Baden Clay Foundation. There's a reason why I connected with them. I, I was actually connected to them. They actually called me, and that was life-changing. It started who, with my... Who, who, who are they? It, um, it's a domestic violence service up in Queensland. Mm -hmm. So that started with a conversation with, with someone else who then um, was talking about this service in Queensland that are passionate about kindness and that, um, you know, that they would love you. You could really add value to, um, you know, to, to, to that organisation. Now, I had no idea that was the Alison Baden Clay Foundation. When Vanessa Fowler rang me, I mean, I just... I reckon I just went as wide as a ghost and literally my, the blood just drained from my body. I had no idea. Um, because the night before, I'd actually <laughs> couldn't sleep. And, of course, I had my iPad. And I, I, anyway, I had fallen asleep. I'd woken up. And here's Mark Ainsworth talking on 60 Minutes about the murder of Alison Baden-Clay. Mm -hmm. So things don't just happen for, you know, I, I'm a really strong believer that, even though I was questioning a lot in my own life, not knowing where I was going, I've got Shane's buys me, God knows what I'm doing with this thing. I, you know, it started a path forward. It started with Mark Ainsworth and it started with the Alison Baden Clay Foundation. That then led to White Ribbon and other things. And it then Shane Spies me kind of ended up a, a, around you know, this whole thing around domestic violence. Now, that's something that's very close to my heart. And, you know, I, I get so many messages from women that have just gone through the most horrific, disgusting things. And I I get really, you know, um, I, I'm very passionate about this space. But, but Alan, 
it's not going to be my story. It will not be my story. And I, I, I want to work with women around not so much what has happened, how do we move forward? Because unfortunately, things happen in people's lives, Alan, where they're so stuck in the devastation and, and, and the hurt. And I don't blame them, but how do we move forward? Good stuff. Yeah. So um, do you want to yeah. talk about that a little bit? Because you've hinted at it a few times. Um, you refuse to you refuse to let the past affect you and you made the decision to create a different direction for you. And I think that happened in 2023. How did that mindset happen? Did did Michelle Boundy do that on her own? Did she do that with the support of a mentor or a trusted friend or a coach? Or did she do that through a mental health support team? Yeah, none of that. Um, and, and I kind of, I made a decision, and I'll say this again, I made a decision to walk away from everything um, because I felt that I needed to and I, I wished, Alan, that I had what I am, what I believe I am to so many others. And I felt at the time that I didn't have that. And this, this is why I am so passionate about I never, ever want to see another woman in this country to either go through or to feel how I felt and what I went through. I, 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 and, I, and I'm not just talking about domestic violence. I'm talking about, Alan, that could be anything. Mm. That could be homelessness. It could be getting bullied at work. I mean, that could be anything. This is about situations. It's about how do we deal with it and how do we move forward? And um, mm. I like where you, so one of the things um, uh, that I like to, uh, I've talked about it in my book, The Courage to Lead, support uh, in a chapter called support. And you're talking about mm. it now. I, I, I had this kind of quote in there, in, in a sentence in, the, in that paragraph that says, um, if we have support, we can literally um, survive and come out the other side of any challenge, even though we didn't, didn't think we could. But if we don't have support, it's quite often that we'll be broken. So mm. essentially, that's what you're talking about. You want to you want to provide support. You want to you you through she inspires me, and through tell your story and through empower me. You want to create a support network. I, I, is for want of a better word where mm. where people do not feel alone so do you want to um before mm. you started this interview you, you wanted to talk about kindness mm. so kind, kindness is is kind kindness is support mm. and it's an exa i think you used an example where yeah you did actually um where you did you weren't supported at all with your well-being uh, initiative in your workplace in in, yeah, it's in funny that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in the in yeah. the early two thousand. So, do you want to talk about where you're going with this? You know, what what's what what's the theme behind the kindness, and and where do you see this going? Look, I, yeah, look, I just kind of think that sometimes we have people that come into our lives that are just game changers, 
that that love and care about us enough to really challenge our perspective, Alan's, of, you know, the situations that we're faced or in, in the challenges that we're going through. One of the things I really loved about the Stay Kind Foundation was, you, you know, when I went through that situation with my son, you know, I, I could be at a function in a room of 300 people. I've never felt so alone in all my life. And and then from the moment that, I didn't know who Ralph Kelly was. I didn't know who this guy was. I mean, my sister was the one who said, oh, are you aware of some of these people that are following you and that are commenting on your post? Now, I didn't know who Ralph was. Yes. And it, and so my sister sent me that footage of 60 minutes. And I mean, I sulked for about two weeks. Yeah. I actually reached out to Ralph and said, look, and Ralph didn't know about my son. And back, you know, I come from a family, we don't talk, Alan. We don't, we don't talk about anything. My dad wants to cook a lamb roast and make an apple pie because that fixes everything. Mm. I'm the one who's the black sheep, as my sister says, who wants to go, no, hang on a minute. No, this isn't right. We need to talk about this. But, um, but you know, one, one of the things I, I really loved about, you know, Ralph and, 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 and Stay Kind was that, you know, Ralph taught me about vulnerability. And so I had an upbringing where vulnerability is bad. That's really, really bad. So, and most certainly, you know, Alan, you know this too, that we we work for, you know, the government, especially state government, where you suck it up. Mm. And, it's and you know, you, you can't be falling apart. You can't show emotion. You can't. Uh, you know who cares if you if you if your wife's just left you or whatever you've got a shift to do just get on with it you know all we say or we be that disrespectful by saying well here's EAP Alan go and sort your problems out and when you can wake up to yourself come back to work I mean these are all the things yeah yeah that, that we say to well and now you're smiling at me you everyone get it, right? everyone like, everyone can everyone listening can relate to what you're saying absolutely absolutely and and I kind of think well you know I, I, I would argue not and I look and a flaw again in my personality is is I'll stand up and go oh, I don't agree with that you know hence yeah, yeah. to to uh, reforms and well-being in governments but um but I think, that, you know, the power of acts of kindness, you know, kindness can change someone's life. And, I mean, you know, I just kind of think there's just so many people out there that just feel so incredibly alone. You know, I think connection's a really powerful thing. And 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 community has a role in supporting people. People want to feel connected. They want to feel that they've got something to contribute and they've got something of value. And they look, and that includes our workplaces as well. Mm. You're on the money, uh, Michelle. Um, and I think everyone listening can hear your passion. I think I might just uh, just give a, an aside to what you've already hinted at. You've talked about your son and you've talked about mm. the challenges you had with um, creating your first podcast uh, on your website. Didn't did I, I think you you and I were talking during that stage. You said that your son helped you. Was that uh, we're at that time trying to get all that to work? Is that is that the kind of relationship you pair have? Yeah. Look, look, we're extremely close. Uh, and I think, you know, that whole time, you know, that I spent with Stay Kind, my son left the family home really abruptly. 
you know, I've had big chunks of my life where I've been a single mum. And I've, and I have done it really tough raising him. He went to a private school, my family are very close. So, you know, they've been very good to me in helping me with Nick, but um, I I, I mean, I was devastated. I I mean, I, for two years, I, I mean, it was some of the best, I, I was the most happiest ever, and, I, and I'll say that today, when I was with Stay Kind, but it was also the, the hardest mm. uh, for, for, for multiple, multiple layers of, of a, it was like a trifle. It just, yeah. So, but he, he's doing really well now, and, you know, I see him every single day, and um there's been a lot of big things that have happened this year, but the outcomes have been really, really quite ex- extraordinary uh, as well. I had an aunt who died uh, recently that was it, that was just absolutely devastating. But but the beautiful thing that's happened from that is our family are just so close now, and um, so I'm over it. You know, uh, Ebony's every day. She's got four beautiful children it's little Archie the 10 year old that helps me with that <laughs> with all the IT stuff and she's got a 12 year old that's helped me with TikTok kill me now Alan because I don't <laughs> get TikTok so but, so um so I'm picking up Nick's your son and is Ebony your daughter with the she's my cousin I've got one boy okay uh, Nicholas yes yep. he's 20 24 and then uh Ebony's actually my cousin okay and she's got mums, kids that... from mum's side yeah. Okay. And she's got kids that help you out as well. All right. So yeah. let's um it's obvious the power of your your wanting to serve background in the Salvation Army and then everything you've done in the fitness industry and in your government parts for the well-being and and kindness in the workplace. Do you want to take us into I think it's a really good opportune time. How does she inspires me happen? Well, so I had a highly successful uh, initiative last year called The Elephant in the Room, which which raised a lot of money. If it was an invitation-only you know, red carpet event um, at, a, at a function place here in Newcastle, we raised, I think, 20, 26000 or something for Lifeline in an hour and a half. I did, um, on the couch with Michelle, we had uh, beautiful Robert Sams from Lifeline come along. We had subject matter experts that kind of talked about the current state with um, COVID-19 because... At the time, you know, we just come out of lockdowns and stuff. And um, so, so, and, and then since that, I hadn't done anything. Um, I had another brand um, that I had, but it, um, I, I walked away from that as well. I just went, yeah, I just, I just yeah, that was interesting. And then I, I, I was looking, for, I was searching for something. And I was at an event for um, uh, International Women's Day and there'd been a series of events that happened leading up to this, which were really kind of freaking me out. And this this She Inspires kept coming up. And... uh, uh, yeah, then I, I just come up with this name. She inspires me, and because of what was happening at the time, I felt really passionate about women being, um, you know, celebrating women's contributions uh, and achievements. Um, because I, I, I kind of think that we need to get better at doing that, mm. and we should be able to do that. Yes. Um, 
and it, it's just something I'm I'm really really passionate about. Um, and and women building each other up and not tearing each other down. So, so, so look, there were a couple of things that were happening at the time, and um, that I that I literally picked up and ran with and thought, you know what, I, I'm really passionate about this. And the tell your story part happened by extraordinary stories that that I, uh, you know, unfortunately kind of landed in. I mean, one of the worst ones was uh, I was at uh, my gym and I'd gone in, gone in and seen a girl sitting there extremely distressed and 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 I could see the distress on these two girls that were that were with her. Uh, I knew I knew something wasn't wasn't right here and and it wasn't good. But again, you know, find your own business, you know, stay out of it. Um, but it got to the point where I've actually come out of um, the shower room and, and said to this girl, "Look, are, are you okay?" And of course, she's little lips blubbering and she's shaking and she's going well, nodding and trying to say yes and her two friends are trying to say well please talk to this lady she seems really nice she's trying to help please talk and they're basically begging her and I just said look I, I really want to help and I just want to I need to know that you're okay and so what ended up happening was she started this friends only page Alan you know mm. where you put pictures up anyway uh the the, the boyfriend um there'd been something happened with the boyfriend so basically he he was threatening her over messenger and saying he was going to release all these photos and and uh she, she's got a father here in Newcastle who's is quite prominent and so I think the fear was is that well if my father finds out he's going to kill me you know mm. and and so where I'm going with this conversation was is that uh, I, I, I supported her and, and we got the matter dealt with. By, by golly, did we shut that down real quick. But, uh, but, but all this she inspires me was happening. So, the, mm -hmm. so she'd come up to me later and she gave me this little card and she gave me a hug and she said, oh, I, can't, I can't look at you because I'm going to get all emotional. Like um, she just said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And because that, that, you know, that, that wasn't going to end well, you know, and she said, but you know what, you, you inspire me. You inspire mm. me so much. Thank you so much. And I said, oh, well, sweetheart, you know, you inspire me because you dealt with it. So there was all this inspiring stuff going on, but it was all attached to stories. And, look, I did share this story with with someone else and I, because it, it actually really, you know, quite upset me and disappointed me that, 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 that men could do, you know, this is how we get back at people, you know. Mm. And so this is how this whole story thing happened. And so someone said to me, like, well, you should share these stories. Like, you should write these stories and share them because they're really inspiring. Mm. So this is how this, how the whole concept kind of started. And and so so then what happened was it kind of got on the grapevine that well, Michelle's capturing all these stories. So I had something like 56 stories sent to me in one day of women wanting to to share and, and lots of different things like uh, you know discrimination or bullying in the workplace or but lots of incredible things too where uh, you know a lot of tragedy had happened along the way but by golly that the things that they were achieving through that so it comes you know so even though we're faced with tragedy, you know, Alan comes opportunity for change. 
But sometimes we've just got to be brave enough to step out in faith and say, well, I, I, I want to I see change in our community. Mm. I, I want to do something with this. Now, as much to my sister and my father's horror, because <laughs> uh, no one wants their 85-year-old father on the cry, you know, on the phone crying, begging me not not to not to go down this path. Mm. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, and and that's what I've done. And and they and they're so proud of me and and for what I've achieved and and uh, and look at how it's taken off in such a short amount of time. But it's making a difference. Do you want to tell us when you did no. when all this happened? Because I, I know, but the listeners um, don't know. So you started this concept. Well, this, I, this yeah, year, so I fish, yeah, this year, so I officially launched it on uh, April 1 and it started as a pilot program here in Newcastle. So I just put a post out on social media, LinkedIn, because that's all I, I kind of do at the moment and kind of said, look, I'm, I'm on a search to find Australia's most um, I- inspiring women. Who are they? What do they do? And why are they inspiring? Yeah. And um and literally on the first day, I was drowning in, in 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 nominations from people. So it might be, well, look, you know, I work with a lady called Belly, um, Betty, sorry, here at the post office. She's making home, you know, sleeping bags for the homeless, and it's just these—they're just incredible. So it's not about the Telstra Woman of the Year. It's not about you know someone who's won four gold medals, but look, it could be because they're yeah. inspiring too. But it's our unsung heroes. Now, look, as you know, I've been out of state government for a long time. I just want to I want to give a big shout out to the state government because one thing that they have done well is their women's strategy for 2023 to 26. And it highlights three key areas, okay? So it talks about financial, um, you know, um, sustainability, that kind of stuff for women. It talks about health and wellbeing and it talks about uh, participation and empowerment I got goosebumps. Now, this was about two o'clock in the morning, another night where I couldn't sleep. And I, I come across this purely by accident. And when I saw this strategy, I, I got goosebumps because I thought, I'm onto something here. This is what I'm doing. Now, it's smart to align with what the, also with the government's doing. Mm. A lot, and probably because that's my background and that's that's what we used, uh, used to do. Um, and so they talk, they highlight the areas of concern, Alan. So they've gone out, they've done the research, gotten all the data. So it's like your, um, you know, your indigenous communities. It could be core communities, could be rural women, women over a certain age group. So, so they've listed all these um, uh, key communities um, that that we need to invest in because because they've been highlighted as 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 areas for concern around discrimination or um, uh, uh, disadvantage, and so th- that's how I've kind of um, you know really kind of pushed she inspires me um, off to but women in business seems to be a really big focus at the moment and and women that are in male dominant workplaces. Uh, women of mining. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, which which some of this stuff that that you know you and I kind of talked about as part of um, she's got the courage to lead about really highlighting uh, exceptional women 
And, and they're just small business owners, Alan. They, they haven't got law firms of 3,000 people. These are just your every average day, uh, average day, you know, uh, uh, mums or, or single people or grandmothers that are just doing extraordinary things in our, our community. And why not celebrate, you know, what, what they're doing? Because, you know, Alan, we don't know what they're doing. We, You know, we've never heard of these people. And, and I, I wanted a, a national platform where we could capture all of that. Wonderful, and it, beautiful, and absolutely it, beautiful. It, it, it's the first of its kind, Alan. It's, yeah. This has never been done before, and that's why it's so highly successful. Because, like I said to you before, we, uh, it doesn't matter where you live, the car you drive, doesn't matter how much you earn, or what, what you know, what your qualifications is, or your or your cultural background. No one cares about that. It's one platform that uh, celebrates diversity. And and we support each other. So when people jump on board with Sheen Spies Me, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, I promote you and what you do, but I also refer you to other women within the network. So if you ring me up and you say, oh, you know, look, I really need a web designer or I, or I oh, Michelle, you know, I need a, um, a family law specialist or whatever it is, um, or I just need help with bookkeeping, whatever, then I just go, oh, look, I've got this beautiful lady that's um, really lovely. Here's her contact. So it's a network that supports and encourages and enhances other, other women's lives. Wonderful. And it's lovely, yeah. It is. So I think we're just about we're just about there because um, we, we could talk all day about some of your stories and, 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 that, and the like. But so if people want to find you, and 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 share some of their stories or just connect with you. So let, let's go through some of your platforms and over to you. So so what how do people find out what you're doing? What are your platforms and how do they make contact with you? And what and oh, maybe the and well, the last yeah. maybe the last thing is what is your next initiative that you're just about to kick off, which I think is called in empowering women i'll let you i'll let you talk about it. You oh know empower what, me yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so number one i'm really passionate about linkedin um i've got um quite a big profile on linkedin because i've it's something i'm really passionate about it's a professional network um so look me up on linkedin michelle banny um at on, on linkedin the second one is my website. how do you spell, how do you spell your name yeah so it's b-o-u-n-d-y michelle okay and then I've got um, She Inspires Me Australia website. So that's She Inspires Me Australia website. You'll see a shoe. So click on that and you'll see a beautiful um, website there with the 1950s with that, that lady. It's really lovely. Yeah, if you go, go to my contact page. Just Let's, let's just rewind there. Mm. Um, I, I think you were selling yourself short. You created that website, didn't you? I did. So it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. So, so from oh, scratch. thank you. Yeah, thank you, so, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so that's, it's sheinspiresmeaustralia.com, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So I've got a contact page. If you go to the last page, it's got contact. If you put your details in there, it emails me or Michelle at, so Michelle at sheinspiresmeaustralia.com. Mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, look, I, I do Instagram. She inspires me. I, look, I think I've only got about twenty followers. I struggle with the other social media, and I've got a couple. I've got a ten-year-old and a twelve-year-old to help me with that. Um, I think Michelle Banny Facebook. 
um, Shane Spies Me, and I've just started doing TikTok. I think that's under Michelle Boundy. So that that's my next big learning curve is, is getting better at uh, at doing multiple social media. Okay. And I think um, you've hinted at it a couple of times and, I, and you and I have just started. You also have a podcast now. I do. I'm so proud of this one. Um, so as you know, Alan, you've got uh, um, the courage to lead and I've kind of pushed you pushed you out of the way a little bit there for she has the courage to lead. And that's about, um, you know, celebrating some of the women that I come across um, since um, April. And so I highlight three women that uh, are doing, you know, incredible things. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about bravery dolls and we talked about Keely's cause and that. Um, and so uh, we do that every fortnight. Uh, we've just done our first one, so I encourage you to have a look at my website. Go to the podcast. She has the courage to lead. We've just done our first one. Um, I'm so proud of that. I listen to it, I listen to it, Alan, every single day. I'm yeah, good so proud of that. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, so you are, yeah, you and I co-host that. So and you've yeah. been you've been kind enough to ask me to help you with that. So I, I appreciate the um. Yeah, I appreciate so the faith, the faith in me to actually help you with that because it's um it is pretty beautiful and your pictures that you have on your website in the 1950s uh, era mm. uh, is, is mm. quite it tells the story. So well done to you. Um, Thank you. So what about um the empower other, me empower me talk about that too please. Yeah, so empower me. So that that um that just got launched uh, this month, and so the whole concept around that is. Um, because what I'm seeing is, again, that connection and, and community. So I'd made a decision to get back out into community uh, to start reconnecting. Um, and so there's a couple of things that, that happens. I've um, uh, made contact with Luke down there at Glass Brasserie in Sydney. He's got an incredible restaurant, uh, amazing lunchtime menu. Every Wednesday I'm down there uh, for lunch between 12.30 to 2.30, I just want to invite people to come along, have some incredible food at a, at a you know, uh, one, of, one of Australia's finest restaurants and uh, and come and meet with me. So, Alan, there's no cost to, uh, for any of this. People just um, get whatever they want to eat. Um, so that there's no joining fees oh or okay. anything like that. And, and that's taken off. Unfortunately, uh, I'm in Canberra this week, so I've, I've let Luke know that we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be down, or Cindy, I should say, down there next weekend. Um, then I've got the networking. So let's just rewind to that. <laughs> we bossed over that pretty quick. So where's Luke's glass? Oh, my route? goodness. I'm so sorry, everyone. I, that's silly old me here in New South Wales. In, in Sydney, CBD. Whereabouts? Uh, it's at the Hilton. Okay. And what uh, day really... do you, so what day do you, every Wednesday? That's every Wednesday. Yep. Except for this week. Um, yeah. So really want to encourage people to get uh, back and support local businesses, especially in our CBDs, because they're really suffering, Alan. They're mm -hmm. really suffering because the majority of us are working from home. Um, so really just want to support our wonderful businesses in Sydney CBD to try and get people back in there. So yeah, big shout out to them. Okay. Yep. So the empower you. So you, mm. I, I apologise. I did cut you off, but there was um there's some no, detail that okay. we needed. So you, so you said that's part of the empower me, and then what else is coming out of empower me? Um. So pr probably. So two big things. 
Uh, one of them is the actual mentorship that I'm offering. Um, I've had a high volume, Alan, of people reach out and say, how do I get to that next level, Michelle? Like I, I had one young girl say, oh, you know, how did you get Nike and how have you achieved this? And you've got 34 comments on one post. How do I, in brackets, how do I be you? And not so much me, but kind of what's been happening with the growth of She Inspires Me and that kind of thing. So I am offering um, some, some mentorship, but I'm only doing five, five people uh, a month because it's very person-centred and strength-based. And what I say by that is, Alan, it's not a cookie-cutter thing that when you go to the gym, here's a program, I'll show you how to do it once off you go. So um, it, it's a 24-7 access to, to me for support. So you might say, oh, look, I've got this. I'm a mum. I've come up with these soaps. Everyone loves them. My family love them. Michelle, how do I make that into a business? How do I get my soaps out there? Who are the people I need to connect with? Um, and, and Alan, you know, you could call me over multiple things. So, um, I mean, branding and marketing I'm good at. Um, that, that's ev evident. I didn't realise this until recently and I've gone, mm, really? And then when I thought, well, yeah, you look at what I've done just with either Stay Kind or The Elephant in the Room and and, and how that's, you know, evolved because they've all gone international and got a ridiculous following and raised a lot of money. So, mm. I yeah, so I want to offer that. There is a fee for that. Yeah, it's a so monthly the fee. fee. Um. It's $2.99 uh, a month, but at the moment, um, oh, that, that's full, Alan, at the moment. Already, straight away. Yeah. Um, already, straight away. And they're um, young entrepreneurs that are, um, are doing incredible work. Um, you and I may have spoken about them in the past. I'm really going to get them out there. So I've got some really good strategies for them. But th so that's what the cost is, because you've got to remember that one consultation um, could be anywhere from 250 to 500 an hour. So I've really researched um, the market and I'm a bit of a one-stop shop that could that can, that can actually do a lot and offer a lot of emotional support too, because it's tough when you're first starting out. Right. So, um, yeah. All right. So you've, your answer to that question virtually took me to your to the last question I ask guests because you're you're on this show, the Courage to Lead interview series because you are a leader who empowers others to create a supportive and inclusive community in your case. And the question I ask leaders such as you, and you've already kind of hinted at it, is if there's someone else out there, woman or man, um, that wants to go down the path of leading that Michelle Boundy has, what would you recommend? Have you got three key points that you would recommend someone else starting out down this path or someone such as yourself that's had a career and wants to write another story? Yeah, look, I think for me that's really simple. I think it's never too late to change your life. I think we can come up with all these excuses of uh, and and look, uh, and I'm telling you, I've faced them all. 
this year, I mean, there's not much that we could have a conversation about that I couldn't say I haven't gone through this year, to be honest. But to, but And I don't want to hear the word brave. But, you know, I want to empower you to be able to have the life that you've always wanted. Because at 52, I don't have the finances to do she inspires me. I'm, you know, I'm kind of living (laughs) from week to week, but I don't care. I don't want to be 70 living in a nursing home, looking back on my life going, Alan, I wish I'd done this when I was 52. Um, And, but I think, and I think if someone's telling you not to do something, it could actually be a good thing. <laughs> don't, don't don't think for one second because I'm going, Alan, you're crazy. That's not going to work because you know what? I, 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 I love it when I'm in the supermarket now and people come up and they go, oh, my God, I'm loving what. But you know what they say to me, Alan? I wish I could do that. Yeah, I wish yeah. I could have done that with my with my makeup or my new lip gloss that I've developed. And it's like, well, honey, why can't you? Yeah. Um, Good stuff. And, so. and, 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 Alan, the biggest one, the biggest one, surround yourself with people who care, who generally have got your front, back and sides, who enhance your life and you've got to start cutting off all the toxic in your life. That's a big one. And that's something, unfortunately, I've had to learn the the hard way. And sometimes they're people you've had in your life a long time. Hmm. So. um, That's two. And some people only have ones. (laughs) I like them. That's what I say. Never. It's never too late to change your life. And surround mm. yourself with people who care. That's um, mm. I think I think that's a really good uh, place to finish this interview, Michelle. Thank you very mm. much for your honesty, and I think all listeners would acknowledge. Thank you so much for your passion, and mm. your energy, and your drive to write your own story. And Thanks, and, and what's this space? Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Well, how good was that, everyone? We've just heard a first-hand account about hanging in there, supporting other others, and making a difference just through kindness. I'll leave you with these two quotes that really resonated with me in Michelle's interview. If you can just hang in there and ride out the storm, incredible, incredible things can happen. And this final one that I love the most, and I think we all forget about this, Kindness can change someone's life. Now then, if you like today's podcast, please leave a short review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to get your podcast from. These reviews are influential and I suggest that you share it with anyone you know who might be curious about being a better leader. Today's show was produced by Alan Sickard. It was edited by Alan Sickard and mixed by Alan Sickard. The theme music is by a musician called Savick and it is titled Legacy. I'm Alan Sickard. Thanks for listening. <laughs>